Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word. Jason Minister, so glad for you tuning in once again as we're going through a chronological reading of the Gospel accounts. You know, the one thing as I've been studying and preparing for this podcast uh, and going through the Gospels, what's so amazing is just the personal approach that each and every one of the biography writers of Jesus's life story uh, have in, in the proper context as you read it. And the cool thing is, as we're exploring the Gospels and we're going through a chronological reading of them, it really does put things in perspective. So hopefully, as you've been going through the previous podcast, the one today, we're going to be talking about the birth announcement of John the Baptist, that it would not just be a blessing to you, but it's something you can share. You know, we're living in a time uh, where most Christians, uh, sad to say, and this is, again, not a put down, and if you know my heart, you would know that I'm not using this as to put a label or to, uh, you know, gen, uh, you know, to put down, if you will, anybody in particular. But the, the, the reality is the majority of Christians today are biblically illiterate. And what that means is that we're living at a time when almost 10 to 12 percent of Christians Uh, read the Bible every day. And so the vast majority of Christians, and maybe you're one of them, but thank God that you have found this podcast and my sole responsibility to you and to your family and anybody who you share this podcast with is to teach you guys the Word of God. We need to get back to God's Word. So I'm blessed and honored to be doing this with you guys and appreciate your prayers, your support. So keep sharing, keep building a community of other people just like you who want to learn God's Word in the proper context. I think that that is the key oftentimes because when you get into this devotional mode or you pick up a book uh, that kind of gives you highlighted pieces or a pretext of Scripture and kind of builds a story around it, those are important important to some degree, but here Stand Strong in the Word is we want to put the Bible in the proper context and do a chronological reading, so that way in the historical sense, um, you understand the flow and then why things happen a certain way uh, that they're described uh, because you know, like, well, this happened beforehand and this led to this, th- this, and, and which led to that. And it's like looking things in a, sequ- in a sequential order. So I'm excited today uh, on our podcast to be talking about John the Baptist. Now, I want to say something right off the bat before we look at Luke chapter 1, beginning of verse 5, and we'll read to verse 25. There was no one like John the Baptist, okay? So whatever insights that we can get in today's lesson, hopefully we can take some application and learn a few things from the birth of John the Baptist and the descriptions. This is going to be huge today, is the descriptions that are used about John the Baptist, not just himself and what he was to become from the angel Gabriel, but also we're going to look at some characteristic traits that are mentioned briefly, but they're very, very important words about his parents, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now, before we dive in, there's another thing I just want to make mention of because it's so important. And here at Stand Strong of the Word, this is our top priority, is the Bible is the star. The Bible is 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 why we're here it's what we want to learn about. So my comments and my contextual interpretations are merely secondary. 
So I want to make sure that we're staying true to the Bible because we'll have a better understanding. And so, again, as always, if you have questions, info at standstrongministries.org goes to our general box. We'll review people's questions and love to get back to you and have a conversation. So let's dive right into this. Uh, Father, we just pray that you bless this time, whoever's listening, wherever they're at. I pray that the power of your word will not just impact their heart, but God, that you would inspire them to live a life that is holy and righteous before you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Now, in Luke chapter 1, as we're continuing this chronological reading now, uh, and we're going to get into the birth announcement of, of Jesus Christ in the next podcast, but right now, here's John the Baptist. We're introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they're going to receive this news from the angel of Gabriel that they will bear a son in their own in their old age, uh, and not just any son, not just a child that will carry on their legacy, but a prophet who will proclaim the coming of the Messiah. So that's where we pick things up here in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving, Zechariah, that is, as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and for five months, she kept herself hidden saying, thus the Lord has done for me. And the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Wow. 
I mean, this is just incredible when you're reading this story because, remember, let's put things in the proper context. Let's go back to about 400 years uh, after Malachi. Remember, that was it. We talked about that intertestamental period where there was no, they're called the silent years because there was no prophet after Malachi. And if we recall, one of the things that Malachi talked about was that there would be a prophet to come. And so, again, as you can imagine, Israel had been without a prophet. There was no one speaking the oracles of God to them like they were, they, like, like the tradition was when God, through the different dispensations of time, particularly when you look in context to the Old Testament, there usually was a prophet that spoke to them. But since Malachi, the Jews have been waiting for not only a prophet to come, but they're specifically, according to the teachings and prophecy of Malachi, was they're, they're waiting for the return of Elijah. And not only that, but with great expectation and with extreme devotion, the Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah. And so we'll get into that. But as we do, it's important to look at the two individuals that we are told about. Now, 400 years of silence, and boom, we're told that there's this man, Zechariah. And this is what's cool. And again, putting in proper context. Why do you suppose that... In the Bible, we're introduced right off the bat to an individual named Zechariah. Well, you know what his name means? It means Jehovah has remembered. Here we are told that there was an older man who was a priest from the division of Abijah. And he had a wife. Her name was Elizabeth. Her name means God is my oath. Now, they were living during a time of Herod. Now, if you remember, Herod the Great... Uh, ruled from 37 to 4 BC. He was a half Jew. He came from uh, the family of the Edomites. And so he was the one that rebuilt a lot of the temple. And so when Jesus came on scene, that was the temple that he knew was known as the Herodian temple because he invested so much time, money, and energy in reconstructing it and, and, and making it bigger and with more barriers and protection, etc. Uh, but if you, if you look here, we're introduced to uh, Zechariah as a priest and notice Elizabeth was the daughters of Aaron. Remember, the priests were very strict and very selective in who they were to marry. So definitely Elizabeth coming from the line of Aaron, the brother of Moses, the, the, the original Levite, and starting the priesthood, she definitely qualified. And if you notice here with Zechariah, it says, if you go back, it says, and they were both righteous before God uh, and, and walking blameless. And he was serving, it says in verse 8, serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty. In 1 Chronicles 24, we are told in that passage that David, King David at the time, what he began to do was he began to organize the priests. And we're told about Aaron, right? And he had sons. He had, he had Nadab. He had Abihu. He had Eleazar and Athamar. Uh, many of them were wicked. Not all of them. But David organized them according to the appointed duties and their service, we're told in First Chronicles chapter 24, verse 3. Uh, and since more chief men were found among the sons of Eleazar uh, uh, than among the sons of Ethamar, they organized them under 16 heads of fathers' houses. And so, so this carried on. And so that's where we find now Zechariah, who eventually will become the father of John the Baptist, who would eventually be considered... Uh, the greatest prophet who's ever lived, uh, you, you are introduced to this older couple. And the cool thing is, it's not just saying, hey, look, this guy was a priest. And his name meant Jehovah has remembered. So all this time of silence, boom, we're introduced to Zechariah. And it's essentially saying, 
we haven't forgotten. And not only that, but we still have the temple. We're still offering sacrifices. We're still offering prayers to God because like Elizabeth, her name is God is my oath. God is our promise. God is our covenant. And he has never abandoned it, nor has he ever let us go. So when you go back and you read these things about uh, this couple being righteous uh, uh, before God and walking blamelessly in the commandments and statutes of the Lord, that's an amazing description of who these individuals were. Now, remember, not much beyond this is mentioned at all about them other than Luke taking a careful in, an investigative look into the storyline of Jesus Christ. And so he felt compelled to go back to the one who prepared the way for the coming Messiah. And that would be John the Baptist. So therefore he thought it was, he felt important to introduce the parents because that's where it began. And it was a reminder that God started to move and he sends one of his angels. Now notice he sends Gabriel Gabriel, the last time he was mentioned is when you go back to the book of Daniel, he's mentioned there twice, and God used him to speak to the prophet Daniel during the time of exile. So this is very fascinating. So I want to take real quickly just a few uh, application points uh, to really, uh, you know, hit on um, where you may be, and certainly as I've been reflecting, where I'm at. And the real question that kept resonating in the midst of, again, God's faithfulness in here, and that God has not forgotten the, uh, the, the Jewish people, is righteous living. The amazing thing is, despite without a prophet, despite uh, the, the insurrection that we saw with the Romans and prior to that with all the different empires, and that once again, the Jewish people found themselves enslaved in captivity to a Gentile, wicked, paganistic culture, here you have two people that are living righteous before God. And it resonates to me because I put it in perspective in the culture that we're living in today. And you got to ask yourself, am I living righteously? And not just in terms of what I think, but notice this is righteous before who? Before God, because that's what matters, because God is holy. God is righteous. And, and not only that, but applying God's word to your life, just like Zachariah and Elizabeth. They didn't have a kid. They 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 had excuses, no question, uh, and 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 could have easily, and I'm sure they did from time to time, challenge God and say, "Where are you? Why haven't you blessed us with this child?" We know in that culture that it was viewed as a curse, basically, that they're not blessed. Uh, in the end, you could say you're blessed here and you're thankful for this and you're thankful for that and that God is faithful, but you don't have an heir to accept your inheritance and to carry on your legacy. So looking at a person like Zachariah looking at a person like Elizabeth with no child in that culture, it was, you know, she was barren. And so it was kind of a, not just looked down, but it was saying that God probably doesn't care about you because if he did, he would carry your line um, before you and after you pass. And so the fact that they're still living a life that is honorable before God, I think says a lot about them. And so I got to ask the question, and when we're looking at the text and, and reflecting in your own life, what about you? What things are you faced with right now? And are you blaming God or are you remaining faithful before the Lord despite that? You know, Wearsby says this. He says, you have probably noticed that God often speaks to his people and calls them while they are busy doing their daily tasks. Both Moses and David were caring for sheep and Gideon was threshing wheat. Peter and his partners were mending nets when Jesus called them. It is difficult to steer a car when the engine is not running. When we get busy, God starts to direct us, end quote. 
And so whatever you're going through right now and whatever you're doing, I do pray, as we see here with Zachariah and Elizabeth, that you're staying busy for God and you're not blaming him as a result of some of your circumstances, but you're giving thanks to the Lord. And God, in that midst, if you allow him to, he will use you. He will send great things in your life if you're holding fast to his word. Not giving up, not doubting. Because notice what we're told here. Zechariah was called in his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, verse 9, and he was chosen by Lot to enter the temple of the Lord. In Bernensis, you think, okay, big deal, move on. But no, let's stop and think about what is going on here. He was at the altar of incense. This was a responsibility that was that was representing not just Zechariah's opportunity as a priest to, to, uh, to offer these incense at the altar, but he was representing the prayers of the entire nation. The burning of this incense for a priest was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This was a high privilege. This was a high honor that he got He got selected to do this before he went home, obviously, to be with his wife. And so right now, you can say that Zechariah, despite not having a kid, no prophets have been speaking. He's just living a life that's righteous before God. His name remembers; it means Jehovah has remembered. And he is offering before God the prayers of his people, not just his own, not just for the priests, but the entire nation of Israel. And it's here that Gabriel, that God sends Gabriel. And notice what it says as, he's, as the people are outside and praying. And it says in verse 11, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now certainly that freaked him out. It would freak me out. If you've ever been encountered by an angel or have ever seen, I believe in a lot of these uh, testimonies of people who have witnessed an encountership with, with demons and even uh, and, and angels and demons. And I certainly have. And so, but, but to this caliber, to this level of Gabriel himself, I mean, this would have just been extraordinary. Could you imagine? But notice this fear, this trembling, uh, just, you know, when somebody just startles you, they just happen to come in or you weren't expecting something. But this is way different. This is a glorious being. This First, Gabriel here is referred to as um, an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar. So he's doing something that he's never done on behalf of the people of Israel. So that right there is a huge challenge. Think about the intimidation. Think about sweating bullets, making sure he didn't screw this up. But upon uh, him offering these incense to the at the altar itself in a very sacred, holy environment, to then suddenly have a magnificent angel appear before him. That's amazing. But notice the message that is given. You will have a son. and But before saying that you will have a son, it says in verse 13, Gabriel tells him that your prayer has been heard. I think, you know what? We can just skim through that and pass by that, those five words, your prayer has been heard. Because we're told they're old, but we're told that they're righteous, that they've been living for God. And yet they've never been able to bear a child, particularly a son. And so you could probably think that Zechariah has given up. But no, he's still offering prayers. He's still living righteously before God. He's still following God's commandments because it's not about him. It's about the Lord. And I believe because of that, Gabriel comes to tell him, your prayers have been heard. Can I ask you a question? What kind of prayers have you been offering to the Lord lately? And 
And have you ever felt, or are you currently feeling right now that God maybe doesn't hear your prayers, doesn't really care, and it's getting extremely tough and difficult for you? You know, recently I was on the phone with a young man who found himself in some really tough situations. And upon these tough situations, um, he's become more bitter and, and not as accepting and open to, to talk to God. He doesn't, he's not an agnostic, he said, not an atheist, obviously. Uh, he says that he believes in God and that he knows that God loves him and that God wants to have a relationship with him. But he says, you know, a lot of my life has not been because I prayed for God to deliver me. And he's like, now that my life is getting a little bit better, and he says, and I wasn't praying, maybe I don't really need God. I, he's, you know, he says, but I don't know. He's open to it. And I reminded him to pray, to seek God, even when it's tough, even when you're questioning, even when you're struggling. Because I said, if you believe that God exists, then 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 talk to him and just tell him your heart of where you're at right now. And clearly we can see that Zachariah never gave up. He always offered these prayers. And now as a result, Elizabeth in her old age, uh, who's never bore, uh, gave him, give, given birth to a child, will now give birth to a child. And it will bring them joy. Uh, and they will give birth to one of the greatest uh, uh, prophets who has ever lived. So Luke states that John the Baptist would be great in the sight of the Lord. If you go back to John chapter 1, notice how John puts it. He says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He, John the Baptist that is, is not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So clearly John, as amazing as this, as this man it was going to be, was not the light. He was called to proclaim and to give people a heads up of the coming light, that being Jesus Christ, the coming Messiah. We're told here in verse 15 that John the Baptist would be filled with the Holy Spirit. We know Zechariah and Elizabeth were filled with the Holy Spirit and living righteous before God. We're told that Gabriel reminds him, kind of like this Nazarite vow, not, not a completion that we see here in, in Numbers chapter 6, but certainly a portion of the vow he was supposed to live uh, f- uh, by and not partaken of wine and certain things to defile him. In Malachi 3.1, this is really cool, and I'm going to give you Isaiah 40 verses 3 and 5 because there's two explicit passages of Scripture. Remember I mentioned to you Malachi being the last prophet. He told the people before 400 years of silence, he says, Behold, I send my messenger. This is God speaking through Malachi, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Isn't that amazing? In Isaiah 40, verse 3 and 5, it says, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Jesus said, Later on in his ministry, in Matthew chapter 11, when he was verifying this passage in verse 10, he says, This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare a way before you. And you know what he said about John the Baptist in the next verse in Matthew 11, 11? He says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater 
than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Talking about not exalting yourself and pride in the flesh, but representing great humility as Jesus demonstrated not to come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, real quickly, Gabriel on scene comes to mention and to proclaim this message, this promise, this fulfillment, this answer to prayer to Zechariah, who will later obviously go home and, 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 and we're told here that Elizabeth then gives, gives birth and she kept this thing privately in her heart. I mean, just anticipating the things that would come. But Gabriel, you know, his name is, 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 is literally rendered as man of God. And Gabriel, his ministry has usually has always involved making special announcements because we know he later, we're going to see him later in, in the Gospels again. But he's always making announcements concerning God's plan of things that were, were to come. And we saw that in Daniel chapter 8, verse 16, and Daniel chapter 9, verse 21. And so we also know that Gabriel and Michael, uh, the archangel, are really the only angels that are named in the Bible. And so Gabriel has a specific task before he announces uh, to Mary that she'd give birth to the, to the Messiah. Here we see Gabriel. After a period of time in history we, that we know of, according to Scripture, he's not mentioned until from Daniel till now. And he breaks um, this silence. But because Zechariah does still in the midst of all this, and you can imagine why, uh, has some form of unbelief, just like Abram and Sarai before they became Abraham and Sarah, just like they had, and because of it, they were they were punished in a sense. We see the same case happens with Zechariah. And when he comes out, people realize that something special happened, not just a, a common thing they do um, in offering incense before the altar on behalf of the people, but something special happened within the isolation of the temple when he was offering the prayers of the saints at the altar of incense. And he comes out and then it's they finally find out that Elizabeth is going to give birth. And she's not just going to have a son, she's going to give birth to the prophet and the spirit and the power of Elijah. This is what the people have been waiting for. This is incredible. So you know, one thing that we take away is, you know what? God is always, always, always moving, even though we don't, we don't sometimes um, see that or look for that. Sometimes we get a little bit discouraged or overwhelmed, but I'm here to remind you, God hears prayers. God sends angels to minister to us, to proclaim his message and to give us a heads up sometimes about what he's about to do. And we got to anticipate that with great faith, with great anticipation. That's what God desires from us. So as we continue to explore the teachings here on Stand Strong in the Word through the gospel accounts in a chronological order, I hope and pray that you are understanding the way in which the gospels are laid out. So that way you can have a richer understanding of who Jesus Christ is and a greater appreciation of God's Word. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next podcast. God bless you. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening, and keep standing strong in the Word of God.